You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, welcome back to another episode of Making Monsters. I'm Taylor Dahl, that's Dylan Ryan, and if you've been following along recently, you know we are doing a mini podcast series on potential draft picks that the Chicago Bears could take at nine. We are not, we ha- we're not talking about like further into the draft. We have over a month to kind of figure out in depth of what we're going to do with all of the rest of the nine picks um, that we have at this moment. But right now, after the trade came in with DJ Moore and we officially f- found out you have nine, obviously that alters some things because before you were kind of hoping that if it was the Colts or the Texans, you could get Will Anderson. That was the pretty obvious and clear choice. Now at nine, you're not getting Will Anderson. That's not happening. Uh, Jalen Carter, on the other hand, might fall. He's trying his <laughs> hardest. <laughs> we, um, which we'll get to that also. But today, some videos came out of uh, Jalen Carter's pro day at Georgia, and they didn't look so good. So that's going to be an interesting topic for the next couple weeks to see really what is going on with Jalen Carter. And we also have a Georgia episode coming up anyways so we'll address all of that at that time but another hot topic is david montgomery is heading to the detroit lions and it breaks my heart terrible and like breaks for a steal heart. of a number six million dollars a year for three years it makes me mad because i said i didn't see monty trying to like fleece somebody i was like there's no way he's trying to get like 10 million out of the bears like i just didn't believe it and he didn't like if he's going to the lions there there had to have been something there's something behind the scenes we're not seeing whether it be Ryan Poles isn't high on David Montgomery and Ryan Poles is and we've kind of seen that like Ryan Poles does what Ryan Poles wants to do. I was going to say he has no problem being like dude like I don't want to pay you like and like he did it, it to Roquan. He did it to Roquan, he did it to Montgomery and like those are like Montgomery's number was fair. Yeah. It was incredibly fair. Roquan's was definitely a little bit on the higher side of stuff you wanted to give him. Yeah. But it wasn't like insane yeah. by any means. So the thing that kind of bothers me a little bit though is Polls pretty publicly was like, we're trying to bring David back. Yeah. We love David. Da, was da, he da, lying da, da. To us? And like, if you if you took a six million six million dollar a year deal with a division rival, mm-hmm. did you really try to bring him back? Yeah, Probably I, not. I, I, yeah, I'm, that's why I think there's something else behind that. And with the Roquan situation, obviously, ta- when they signed T.J. Edwards, that deal was super super fair. And then some people kind of freaked out over the Tremaine Edmonds, uh, Tremaine Edmonds one. one and. I get it because, you know, people love Roquan. Roquan was probably one of my, probably, if not my favorite draft pick outside of Justin Fields in a long time. I loved Roquan Smith. Uh, The problem is you can pretty clearly, Ryan Poles uh, is, (laughs) he is the king of the Chicago Bears. And if he doesn't like a situation, he is not going to cave in to you. I appreciate that. I don't want to personally have a GM who's like, 
oh, okay, we'll give you whatever you want because you're going to cry and you're going to sit out and you're not going to come to practice. We saw how it went with Tevin. I was going to say, go back to Tevin like, stuff in the summer. Like, yeah. he didn't, like, he didn't budge. He's like, dude, nope. you're going to play okay. right guard and if like, you want to play. You're playing right guard or you're not going to be on the Chicago Bears pretty exactly. much. And he did the same thing with Roquan. He didn't budge during the offseason. Roquan came back, started practicing. He stayed here for a little bit and then whined when they traded him. And I'm like, bro, you were the one who didn't want to be here. And you said all offseason that you wanted a deal or you didn't want to be here. You requested a trade. And Ryan Poles said, okay, all right, we'll figure this out. So fast forward now that Trayvon Edmonds, which to me, it's $30 million less than Robert Quinn's as like a whole $2 million less yearly. Um, and Roquan, yes, is probably better, but not extremely better. We have... Three good linebackers for the price of one. One, linebacker. exactly. We're, we're getting three good ones. And one of them is the not price of one, much worse than Roquan. And that fit Flusa's scheme way better. Yeah. That's the bottom line. And people, I don't think, understand that. That Roquan was just, and we mentioned this in the beginning of last season. I'm getting kind of off topic here. But <laughs> like how much he doesn't, like, what are we really going to do with Roquan? Because it doesn't really fit what Flus does in, in the system that we saw with the Colts. And we saw last year, it just didn't, Roquan didn't quite look like himself most of the games. And it was probably because he wasn't playing the way that he's used to playing. Um, the Bears switched from that 3-4 to 4-3, and that shifts a lot of things. But... Anyways, um, so we are here now to talk about another player. And um, like I mentioned, we're going to go through these. It's just kind of a quick little, all right, here's here's the player. Here's what they're good at. Here's what they're bad at. Here's what their personality is like. Quick rundown of what you should expect out of them, you know, personality-wise, play-wise, all those things. Yes, so. exactly. So um, anyways, this, because of the David Montgomery news that recently came out, we feel like maybe we have to talk about a running back because now what are the Bears going to do? Obviously, you want to say Autumn Coleal Herbert's running back one right now. And you're not at, you don't feel like you're taking a massive leap back. I like Cleo Herbert. I think Cleo Herbert's very successful and a lot of the things he does other than blocking, that's one issue that we really have with Cleo Herbert. Um so that's going to be an issue, but you can't the way that a lot of the NFL leagues are going now, those those having two backs really helps. Having a back who can also pass catch, Cleo Herbert is also not very gr- not great at that. Um from what we've seen, um, but maybe he hasn't had to be. I don't know. We'll see. But I feel like we have to talk about a running back. So we talked to Anwar R- Richardson. He is a reporter for Texas football. And if you don't know by now what name I'm about to say, then you haven't been paying much attention because his name is Bijan Robinson, and he's incredible. Awesome. Incredible. He's the best running back I've seen out of college since Saquon, I think, pretty easily. Uh, something else I think it's important to mention is we recorded this before David officially moved on. Yeah. We were under the assumption he would be gone at this point. Yeah. We did not know where and by how much. So yeah. if we don't seem as upset. The interview part of this. Yes, the recording yeah. or the recording of the interview. That, yes. If we don't seem as upset, that's why. Yeah, so. because we did not know David Montgomery was officially gone yet. We do mention in it like he's probably going to be gone. And what's funny is before we hit pl- record on this interview, we were um, – Anwar was kind of asking us, so hold on, like, I thought you guys had a pretty good run game in Chicago, whatever. And we were like, well, we did, you know, like we had the most rushing yards in the league last season. um, But thanks to Justin Fields, over a thousand of that was Justin. But David Montgomery did have a good year, but David Montgomery is probably going to be gone. And he was like, oh, average, average. Did you hear me how many times he said that? I heard him say that. I was like, oh, okay. I just kind of slid No, I was like, fine. I I took a couple shots of Texas throughout there as well. So like, I'm not going to be like, you know, all mad about it. But he said average and I was like, oh, okay. And like multiple times I was like, oh, okay. Not to mention like, you know, Iowa State, I think when David Montgomery was there, they beat Texas once or twice. So, you know, no big deal. 
Um, which, by the way, I'm still mad about your Iowa State people because nobody, they're the only people that did not reply to me about a player interview. And it was like no media, no player, no former coach, See, nobody. They're, they're out in the island of the middle of the corn. It's hard to get messages <laughs> out there. You know, it's difficult. So we never even got to do our David Montgomery episode because no one from Ohio, Iowa State wanted to, I said Ohio State, um, <sighs> Iowa State wanted to get back. Anyway, so yeah, let's just go ahead and jump into this interview. It's about B. John Robinson. Um, it, like I said, fantastic player. We have questions about taking a running back at nine, and I think most people do. Um, but I also have seen a lot of chatter, especially after the David Montgomery stuff became official. That's like time to get Bijan um, because this guy is can can do it all. So let's go ahead and jump to that interview with Anra, uh, Anwar Richardson from University of Texas. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, now we are joined by Anwar Richardson. He is former Bucks and Lions and NFL reporter. Now he covers University of Texas football for orangebloods.com. And so thanks so much for jumping on with us. Obviously, if anybody's listening to this podcast by me saying Texas, they probably know that this episode's about to be about Bijan Robinson because that is um, an incredible running back that is coming out of Texas right now. We've talked about him mm-hmm. a lot all year in the college football world in general, and now we are talking about him heading into the draft. So and where let's get into Bijan a little bit. Uh, backtrack. Five-star sure. recruit coming out of high school. He set a state record in Arizona after he rushed for 7,036 yards and 114 touchdowns in high school. So um, I think it's safe to say this kid looked like primed to be a stud back from the start when he was heading into college. But he did pretty much earn immediate playing time as a freshman in 2020. What were your first thoughts when you were seeing Bijan out on that football field as a running back? Well, you know, the, the the interesting thing is, you know, you, you, when we, we walked away thinking to yourself, why does he not touch the ball more? Like, because you, you always saw it, you saw flashes of it, but uh, the previous staff, they were really trying to uh, help groove him and come, you know, wanted him to come along slowly, didn't want to really throw him in the fire. Uh, Stan Drayton uh, was his running backs coach. He, as you guys know, you know he's obviously former NFL mm-hmm. uh, running backs coach, um, and that, you know he's currently at Temple. But uh, that was his guy. They just were, they really was trying to bring him along slowly. It's funny when you asked me about that. One of Bijan's first games uh, was scary as hell. Uh, he played against Texas Tech, and Bijan made the uh, he was doing that thing where all these kids they want to jump over somebody and leap over someone um well he did that and he actually landed on his neck oh and the way it twisted i thought in the moment i thought i just maybe saw a guy die like mm-hmm. i literally just thought this guy just died on the field and he laid down there for a while and i just thought to myself like i this just happened um and he was eventually able to get off he actually only ended up missing like a week or so. And then so then I started thinking like this guy is, this guy prays a lot. Like so this guy might be really into in the tomb of God for him <laughs> to be able to walk away from that. If you get if you got a second, go ahead and like look up that, that you know, Bijan Robinson neck Texas tech injury okay. and you'll say to yourself, like, how scary 
uh, that is that thing was. But that was kind of my initial impression was, okay, please never do that again. Um, <laughs> and then two, and then two, can he get the ball more? Uh, and that was him, like, you know, essentially, if, if you just want to do a singular topic of his freshman year, that kind of was like the start of it. Wow. I, for, I never I haven't seen that video, so I'm going to have to look, even though those injuries do scare me. We had we've seen them. You know, you see them through the NFL as you're watching games sometimes. And it's just that moment when you cringe and you're like, oh, that didn't look good. So um, I props to him for getting up and being able to play a couple games later. That shows some toughness to me. Couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, than that, it, it definitely does. That I'm gonna. In fact, while, while you guys are, while you set up your next question, I'm gonna see if I can send this to you on a DM so you can uh, you can see it in, in real time. Oh, I'm I'm sure it's uh, as wonderful and terrifying as you described <laughs> it. So uh, something I've really been noticing yeah. is, is uh, so in the in the NFL today and even in college football as well, the workhorse running back is really not a thing anymore. You have a lot of guys who split carries in these days. At Texas, Bijan was not splitting carries without anyone. Last year, he had 258 carries, used him quite a bit, going up from 195 the year before. Do you think that there should be some fans that have a little bit of concern that maybe he's only 21, but he still has got a lot of tread on those tires already? No, I mean, like, so there's a couple of things, like, you know, so, you know, while you said, you guys mentioned, like, he played as a, as a freshman, he only had, like, 86 carries at that point. So this is a, you know, now Steve Sarkeesian takes over for him in, in 2021. Um, and, you know, and Steve Sarkeesian believes kind of in the, in the workhorse back when he, Steve Sarkeesian was at Alabama, you know, he had Najee Harris, you know, mm-hmm. Najee had, you know, 251 carries uh, in 2020 for, you know, 1400 yards, 26 touchdowns. And in 2019, Najee had 209, uh, you know, for 1200 yards, 13 touchdowns. So I think, you know, that, you know, some Bijan, as you're talking about, he's, he's at 195, you know, as a sophomore, 258 as far as carries as a, as a junior. I, you know, that's a good number of carries, but I don't think he took a lot of – he didn't take a huge beating as a freshman where you would say to yourself, okay, this has been a guy who's been getting pounded and like this for the last four years, probably been only the last two years. So I wouldn't worry about that. He's got good, you know, good strength, good versatility. I think the thing you would focus in on the most is that Bijan actually uh, worked. They wanted to, him to become a better pass catcher and be more of involved in that aspect of the offense. And so when you look at him in 2021, uh, you know, he, you know, in addition to the 1,100 yards that he had from as a running back, uh, he also had 295, you know, receiving yards and four touchdowns. You know, in 2022, it's 314 and two. So you're able to see a guy that is was able to, you know, put up nearly 2,000 yards of offense, uh, you know, you know, what is it, 30 or, or so touchdowns, something to that effect. And mm-hmm. my math is off the cuff. So I think overall, from a work usage st- a standpoint, uh, he's been pretty good. He's been very pretty healthy, uh, you know, here while at Texas. So he's not a guy that you got to worry about, like, He's had, you know, he was recovering from a bunch of different injuries. Uh, so I think those things are not, you know, I don't think, and I, I wouldn't put that as a worry uh, as relates to, to him. Uh, or anything as relates to his game. I wouldn't worry about that. Okay, that's good to hear. And I just watched that video. I do not think a body should bend that way um, in any form. <laughs> your head should not be touching the back <laughs> and, of your, your back. And your, yeah, yeah, your mid-back. That should not happen. Um, but so, yeah, you just touched on some of those, some of the numbers that he had, obviously, last year. And you also mentioned the receiving yards, which is also kind of leads to my next question, because 
his st- his number steadily increased increased over the three seasons and pretty much every single statistic statistic. But when I look at the numbers from last year, it really made me fall in love with Bijan because with the fifteen with the one thousand five hundred seventy five yards, eighteen touchdowns, he also had nineteen receptions and three hundred and fourteen yards. So are you confident in that ability that he would be able to be used in the backfield, but also in the receiving game in the NFL? Yeah, I think I think the versatility is going to be. This, there's two things I think NFL teams are going to fall in love as it relates to Bijan, um, and I'll and I'll tie it into the Bears here as well. So you know, there's going to be a versatility aspect where you're going to have a guy who can run between the tackles. So you know, he's not a guy that you know you see a lot of guys that just want to pop to the outside, go outside of the tackles, like. He's a guy that understands the importance of running in between there, a patient runner, but then smart, and then knows how to like turn on the burners. Uh, you know, he's had some really good runs. So once he gets past uh, that first level, and then you start seeing him operate, you know, he knows how to elude the linebacker. Uh, and then at that point, you know, he's, he's, you know, he knows how to get that, you know, the, the, the foot race there at that point. Now versus, you know, clearly versus NFL DBs who are going to be faster. I don't necessarily see Bijan outrunning all of those guys. You know, I'm not, I don't know if that's going to be the strength of his game. Uh, but you will definitely see a guy who will be able to accumulate you know, a lot of, you know, really good yards, solid yards, be able to move the chain, uh, but then be able to work in the passing game, which will definitely help a guy like, you know, Justin Fields to take a little bit of a workload off of him. Um, and I think that – so, you know, the, the teams are going to love that. The, the thing that to me is going to be the X factor, and I'm, this is going to be my, my biggest prediction as it relates to Bijan, is there's going to be a team that falls in love with him because as good of a player as he is, he's actually an amazing human being. Like, he's one of those people, I don't know if you've ever run across somebody in life that makes you think, like, man, I don't know if I'm as good of a person as you are. And this is <laughs> – that, and, 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 and it's a cliche. So people always use cliche, he's a better – you know, human being than he is a player. And, and it's all, it's, it's, it sounds like it's all cliches and stuff at some point. But he really, really, really is a tremendous human being. He really is a person that cares about people. I'll give you, um, you know, some, some examples. I can think of something like when he decided to, uh, decided when he was going to go pro and he'd had a, he had a press conference, you know, after the season to announce that he was going to go pro. One of the things he said in his press conference, you guys will appreciate this because you guys have been in the media forever you know, and not to say from an age perspective, but I just mean you've been doing it for a while. One of the things he's decided to do is he goes, hey, you know, towards the end, he goes, listen, I just want to thank all of you guys for covering me. Uh-huh. I want to thank you guys for all the positive stories that you guys have written about me and about the program and putting us out there in positive light. And I just want to thank you guys you know, for everything that you've done. Then Bijan, at that point, then goes and shakes every media, Austin media member's hand. He's shaking hands. He's dapping them up. He's giving people bro hugs, everything to that effect. And, I, you know, how often do you see someone just thank us yeah. for what we do? Not often. You know, not, not, not often not, enough, that's no. for sure. <laughs> that, yes. Typically what we get is the crap for, well, I don't appreciate what you said or mm-hmm. anything uh, to that effect. Um, but, no, he was very, you know, cha- you know, always very active as far as, like, community stuff, charity work. Uh, you know, he was always someone that, um, you know, would be trying to do, you know, donate money whenever things were going on in the Austin area. I think he did something where he helped raise money for kids to have backpacks, you know, to go to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it was like in 2002. And and, and now, and Matt, uh, what we, we got to understand, like, 
this is a college kid. Yeah. You know, in the NFL, you have to do these things for your nonprofit status, right? Yeah. But this is what he just kind of did out of his out of his own heart. Um, and like in the last thing, just because uh, you know, just to show what kind of person he is and how he loved he was by the entire you know law court community. At the very end uh, of the game, the last game of the season, which I think it was Baylor, uh, the entire stadium starts chanting Bijan. Bijan, 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 like that's how loved he's. Yeah, he actually, he actually also had his own mustard. Uh, I was about to ask. I was about to before ask we that. started. Before we started this interview, <laughs> I kept saying to her, yeah. I was like, I just can. When I hear Bijan Robinson's name, the first thing I think is mustard. I can't not do it. And I yeah, get. Yes, yeah, yes. Hey, you know what's yes, popular in Chicago, Anwar is uh, Chicago dogs. So we may need some Bijan mustard on these Chicago dogs yeah. coming up. So I think I think I just think for you know I think what's going to happen in in the interview process I think when NFL GMs and teams they start doing their due diligence and they start sitting down with him I think it's going to be one of those I I fell in love with him kind of thing moments and I think someone will just they'll they'll everyone's going to say running backs are supposed to go in a certain you don't have to value running backs so on and so forth but. I'm telling you, and I'm promising you, someone's going to think he's such a tremendous human being that they're going to throw that out the window, and they're just going to be like, you know, the person that just starts dating someone, and a month later they propose because they just think, like, I'm in love. <laughs> I think that's what's going to happen, but I just don't think it'll be as bad or destructive of a relationship. Yeah, that. I, I will say, <laughs> that luckily, one month would it be? luckily for Bijan, uh, during his time at Texas, I don't know about luckily, but he was one of the few things that was there consistently able to love, so I'm sure he got quite a bit of praise. Um, Something I've noticed about Bijan, though, throughout this whole draft process is, like, it feels like amongst, you know, the big industry names, he is pretty consistently agreed upon as the most talented running back to come out than Saquon. Saquon was the second pick in his draft. I've seen some draft boards saying that he's the best player in this class, second best player in this class. Yet you see him go in places like middle of the first. I remember at the beginning of the draft process, people were saying he was a second round pick. Why do you think there's so much variance in where he's getting drafted right now in terms of mock drafts? Well, you know, the mock drafts, you know, as you guys always know, are, are a little bit interesting just because there's obviously it's always going to be with someone's opinion, you know, as it relates to a mock draft. And, you know, the thing about it, <laughs> the thing about mock drafts that you always got to remember is that usually by pick five, most of them are blown, starting to blow up. You know, usually by pick seven or eight, most of them are destroyed. Uh, so, you know, I think there's, that there's always the mock drafts of what people say and what they, they believe. Uh, but, the, you know, you always got to remember in that free draft process, um, you know, the, the, the teams are holding things close to the vest. Like, we'll know what teams want to do at one, three. Past that, it's usually kind of a shell game uh, by, by there. But, you know, you guys are very familiar with Alabama's Will Anderson mm-hmm. um, and what he was able to accomplish there. He was at the Combine, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, and he, they, he was asked, who's the toughest player that you've played against in, in your college career. And he said, B. John Robinson. He's like the running back from Texas. Uh, he's like, we had a gang tackle him, get all hats to the ball. He's going to break a few tackles. Uh, but he goes, he's probably the toughest person I faced in college. That's the guy who played at the University of Alabama and mm-hmm. the SEC. And you know what I'm saying? And one and potentially going guy. number one overall, or could correct. go. Correct. Yeah. Th- correct. And that person says their toughest person, not, not anyone at Georgia, mm-hmm. not anyone at Ole Miss or anything like that. It was Bijan who he felt like was their toughest task. So I think, you know, they're, they're going to, you're going to see different things as far as the mock drafts are concerned. But, um, you know, I, I would be surprised if we went outside of the first round and I just, just my gut tells me um, there's enough film on him and enough 
Um, good, good. Steve Sarkeesian, I think, is well respected within NFL circles. Like he'll get enough good recommendations. Uh, where I, you know, I, de- I definitely think by the time when the Bears are up there, I, I my, my my eyes will and ears will perk up just to see out of curiosity. And and the pick right after the Bears, I'm pretty sure, is the Eagles, and they definitely need a running mm-hmm. back. So yeah, they just right yeah. announced yeah. Miles Sanders yeah. is not coming back. Yeah, so I-, I can tell you every Cowboy, I can tell you every Cowboys fan is is worried about that because those who, who all are those Texas those fans are also fans. Cowboys fans, I bet. So yes, exactly. And it's kind of unfortunately, it's kind of similar fate. Uh, which you have a big brand that sometimes doesn't achieve the high highest heights. Yeah, they, they the think they deserve a little bit more than they get, actually. You know, it's, yeah, it's Texas football. Football, yes. and it's an NFL <laughs> pro all the same, you know. I'll tell you, Anwar, because exactly. I'm a softy. so when you were talking about, you're telling me all these great things about Bijan's personality, and obviously you say his play is going to be able to back up that the loveliness of who he is, but I, it's probably good that I am not a GM because I would have, like, a whole team of really nice guys and good stories, but I'm not quite <laughs> sure how good how good my football team would be a couple more for you before we let me uh, before we let you go obviously you mentioned uh will anderson talking about how hard he was to bring down at certain points and how tough of a player he was so when you look at Bijan's strengths a lot of the ones listed are speed power vision um a lot of people say when you when you are watching film or when you're reading about him they say you know it is hard to bring him down those the yards after contact type of things that, that he's that type of running back but if you were to name his biggest strength on the football field what would you say it is Mm. Great, great question. You know, the first, I think one of the things that strikes me really, I, I think is vision is probably the thing that hits me the most, you know, and, and when you say vision, I'm like, we're, we're talking a matter of like, you know, tenths of seconds, right? Mm-hmm. So we're yes. talking about being able to make a split tenth of a section uh, kind of thing, but him knowing exactly how to get through uh, the holes, I think is really uh, impressive to me. I think that's probably. I think that's his biggest strength. You know, he's also he's, he's a he's a powerful back. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know, what, I don't know what they have him listed as probably like two fifteen ish or so. Uh, but I mean, he's very strong. I don't know if you've seen pictures of him. He he's he's jacked. Man. Yeah. He's he's very he's almost again. It's the NFL. You're not going to be able to do little brother to everybody who you play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think the vision is what what you, what you'll need. Uh, you know, from that, I, I think that's going to be one of his biggest strengths. I think. Uh, and then, you know, being able to, you know, elus- being elusive with tacklers. Again, you know, when William Anderson talked about, you know, needing to gang tackle, uh, that speaks to the elusiveness that he has. So I think vision, I think elusiveness, you know, will, will be there. Um, and I think to speak to, to the third one, which will be um, something that off the field, but, but I think locker room guy, locker room presence will be something he's been one of the, you know, the captains, I think for like the past two years, you know, here. Um, and I think that he's, he's always been an, a good locker room guy that everyone's enjoyed. So, you know, coachability uh, and, you know, not having, you know, there's something to be said and not having to worry about a guy that's going to get in trouble when mm-hmm. you're going to invest this kind of money in him. I think those kind of factors, those, those three things kind of stand out, the two on the field and then at least the third one off the field. And look, I love I love all of that because obviously in Chicago we love our running backs. In Chicago, number one, we're trying to yeah. figure out what it's like to have a quarterback, but we still like our running backs. And um, we <laughs> also like running back. <laughs> yeah. And then so we also <laughs> like the good guys, and we're in the process right now of rebuilding something that got really messy for a while. So those good guys obviously add to that. So final one, Anwar, before we let you go, um, I'm not huge on comparisons because I really truly think that every athlete is their own person and their own player and 
and they have all their strengths and everything. But uh, the two running backs that I have seen linked to comparisons of Bijan are Alvin Kamara and Josh Jacobs. Do either of those hit home for you, or is there a player you kind of see as a comparison? Kamara could possibly do that, I think, a little bit for me. I think of Josh Jacobs as a little bit uh, a little bit bigger um, for, for me than, than – but, you know, Kamara, as far as that kind of, uh, you know, elusiveness, I, I would say so, ability to catch the ball – um, I would definitely I, – I, I think that's probably one of the – I probably like that one now that you've said that, probably a little bit better than Saquon, even though that seems to be uh, the main one. But I, I would definitely go uh, somewhere in there. I, I, think, I think Kamara is probably the fairest example okay. and one I, I think you would probably be really good to get away with. Yeah. Okay. So I do actually have one last quick question. It has nothing to do with B. Sure. John Robinson. It is a little bit Texas-related, okay. though. So. Starting okay, quarterback, so I, Texas I'm football, up. next season. Is it going to be Arch Manning? Is it going to be Quinn Ewers? Who are we thinking? I think it's going to be Quinn Ewers. I think Arch Manning will probably end up being the number two guy. Um, the plan has always been uh, from the Manning side of it is they, you know, as people, they don't want to throw him in right away. Uh, they, they're, they're about the, the development process. So I think they're, they're around him, you know, getting that redshirt season then. The hope uh, within, within the, the the Texas coaches, is that Quinn Ewers has a good enough season where he can go pro after the 2023, uh, and then as Texas goes into the SEC in 2024, Arch would be the quarterback probably that can take him there. So, uh, I you know sit, 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 hold tight on on Arch. You know the Mannings are not trying to rush this development process. Uh, I think it's Quinn this year. Uh, and then I think Arch is the guy in 2024. Hey, I don't know. Sark said it was an open competition, like what, like a month ago or something. So who knows? Hey, but <laughs> uh, Sark, I, all, all I know, Texas is back. Texas that. is going to be back. Texas is going to be back. Arch is going to be the quarterback. They're going to be he's great. Not gonna say, he's not going to say it's a closed competition in, in March. Like you got to keep guys working. And keep hey, guys if Quinn Ewers work. was that good last year, you think he would have said it? That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I know. I know. That's your point. To your point. That's good. That's that's a fair. That's a fair point. And I know Gator fans are not looking forward to another Manning in the SEC. So they're like perfect timing. We yeah, got Texas it'll be, coming it'll be to the right, SEC. Right as Texas is showing <laughs> yeah. up, Arch will be getting there. So yeah, yeah. it's perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, pretty good. Thanks so much, Anwar. Uh, really appreciate it, and we hope you um, enjoy the rest of your week and enjoy your all your happy hours. <laughs> I'm definitely going to do that. You Get some of that Tito's. Chicago weather. All right. All right, guys. You guys right. take care. Thanks. thanks you bye. too. Bye bye. All right. Uh, thanks so much. He is absolutely hilarious, first hmm. of all. I, we caught him right after happy hour, so he might have been like ha- a, little, a little extra yeah, happy. <laughs> yeah, so he got some uh, extra hot takes out there. I love it, though. But yeah, I mean, I think that, Dylan, you and I have gone back and forth about this the last few days about how is it worth drafting a running back at nine? It's hard for me to justify not doing it if Bijan is the player that we think Bijan is because it's not just he's not going to be just used as a running back. He's going to be used in the receiving game. He's going to be able to block. He's going to be able to just make a difference on that on the offense in general. But at the same time, I totally get people wanting to add an offensive lineman, especially because we hardly addressed it. A defensive lineman didn't address it at all so far. Uh, by the time this podcast is officially released maybe we'll sign a defensive lineman i i don't know no one no one's really going to change the game for us that much no no nobody that's left it's going to be someone that maybe is like okay like he's decent he'll get a few four sacks and you know like add to our 
22 or whatever that we had at the bottom of the barrel last season. But you are a very against a running back at nine. Yeah, I just it's really hard for me today in the modern NFL to take a running back that high. I mean, if you look at look at the Super Bowl last year. Neither of them had any running backs of really any real skill. I mean, Isaiah Pacheco is a fun running back. Uh, Miles Sanders. I mean, he had a bomb year, though. He was good, but like, was he like a game changer for them by any means? I don't really think so, no. Uh, Miles Sanders is a good running back who right now can't even find a team because he's so one-dimensional in terms of how he plays plays the game. So I just really feel like it isn't that important, not to mention Isaiah Pacheco was a mid-round draft pick. Yeah. Miles Sanders, same deal with him, too. So... It's very hard for me to justify taking a player that high. That being said, I think he's amazing. Yeah. Like, I'm by no means saying that I do think B. John Robinson isn't going to be a bad NFL player. I yeah. think he's going to be arguably a top 10 running back as soon as he comes in the NFL. Yeah. But all that being said, there's only so much a running back can do for you. And when you have a chance to take a position like a line, like a lineman, a defensive lineman, or even a wide receiver who could change the game so much more for you, yeah. especially that high in the draft— it's really hard for me to do that because it is a lot easier to find later running backs in the draft where you can have similar levels of success. Yeah, yeah maybe you're not getting Bijan Robinson, but you can get a guy that's 20% worse and yeah. for a third of the cost. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I think that uh, backtrack for a second because obviously um, Pacheco doesn't have to be a factor because of a guy named Patrick Mahomes. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so that makes that easy. And then obviously on the other side too with Jalen Hurts, he, him and Justin, I think... I, I think Justin could have very similar stats to what Jalen Hurts did. I think Hurts it's a great model to follow. For yes. sure. Yeah. And um, it's interesting, actually, because we were going back and forth in our Windy City Gridiron little group chat earlier because uh, EJ, I believe it was, posted a tweet. Let me get back up to this real fast. Oh, yeah. So EJ posted a tweet and he was saying, he was talking to all the Bear fans saying it's Bijan or bust. It's really not. Starting NFL running backs and uh, the round they were drafted. So, um, Mostert, undrafted. Stevenson, Ramondre Stevenson, round four. Chubb, round two. Damian Pierce, round four. Pacheco, round seven. Eckler, undrafted. I forgot Eckler was an undrafted free yeah. agent. That is crazy. He's backing up uh, Melvin Gordon for a little bit there. Yeah. yeah. Um, Aaron Jones, round five. Foreman, round three. White, round three. James Conner, round three. So, there's a list of all these guys that are pretty... Pretty good. I don't love any of these running backs personally. Maybe Chubb, Pacheco, uh, Eckler, obviously. Eckler and Chubb and Pacheco, I really liked last season. Pierce really came on last season. Um, but the rest, I don't love any of those. So to me, I'm like, I get it. Like, you can get an all right running back or a decent running back, but you're not going to get a uh, Christian McCaffrey, a Saquon. Um, well, the, well, those weren't all the running backs taken out of the first round, was it? No, no, no oh. these are not first round. No, I uh, taking outside. Were those all the running backs taken outside of the first? No, round? No, those are just ones that he kind of was okay, like going I was through. Say, like these like, are Kamara, he was starting not a NFL yeah. running backs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so when did Kamara go out? Uh, he was. I don't. He was probably like what, like he was around one, right? Yeah. No, he was. Oh, he no, wasn't. No, no, no. He was like around four. Oh, I wow. think three or four, something like that. Maybe because he's yeah. in a little bit of trouble right he's now. We're not including him. I don't right know. Now, but. Um, but yeah, and then you look at when was Josh Jacobs the first round? Josh Jacobs um, was either Josh... end of the first or beginning of the second. He was one of those guys. Because and... I want to say like when you're looking at like Saquon, Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, um, but even Jonathan Dalvin... Taylor was Jonathan Taylor top of the second too. I could be John, wrong. And that's why I don't know yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like I, you start to lose track. But yeah. when you look at the ones that sit, uh, and that's what, because about a month ago I went through and I was looking at the rushing yards for the season. Obviously Derrick Henry, I just totally forgot to name that one and that's a big one to name. Very big one. Um, you, when you look at the, the rushing yard leaders, 
because I was trying to make a point of like, you don't have to get this guy very high. And then it was like seven of the top 10 all went in like the first or beginning of the second. And I was like, oh, well, but in our in argument with that, the majority of those teams were not going deep into the playoffs. Though. Yeah. And I do think part Oakland of was not. Tennessee was not. The Giants were not. Panthers were not. The Browns were not. The Vikings were got bounced out. The Chargers got bounced out by the uh, Jaguars. So when you're looking at all of these court, the running backs that were at the top, they weren't. Going yeah. And like, I think something else to look at, too, is like when you pick a running back in the first round, you are telling everyone like, hey, like this guy. He's good. We think he's good, and we're going to use him because we think he's good. Yeah. So, like, if you're picking, if you have a, a player that's a running back that's very talented, you're going to use them a lot. Yeah. And like in the NFL today, like, yeah, they're going to have good stats, but did the Titans do anything the last few years? Yeah. yeah they got to an AFC Championship game and lost to the Chiefs. Congratulations. Yeah. You know. But like, is that really going to be what you want to do as a franchise? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, and I, I mean, obviously, I'm going back and forth because I've just myself yesterday you were very sides. on Bijan and, well yeah. and I I like Bijan yeah. I I'm in the boat where I don't I would not be mad if we drafted Bijan Robinson because I was now went into a rabbit hole of holy crap and so talking good. to this guy he seems like a fantastic person and I love fantastic people and so that obviously starts to sway me do I think we have needs greater than running back yes mm-hmm. and so that's where my mind kind of is I wouldn't be mad because I do think he would immediately help this football team I mean, he's a good and the offense player. be better yeah but do I think that we have greater needs? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the defensive line has to be addressed at some point. And can you get some, you know, some edge guys and some interior guys a little later? I just want either defensive line or offensive line like stud that I know is going to come in here and you're either protecting Justin Fields and you're going to make a world of difference on that offensive line or you're causing wreaking havoc on the defensive line and getting to the quarterback because we didn't see either of those things happen last yeah. year. And I think do something else that is important to remind Bears fans is like this team at the beginning of this offseason pretty much had a hole everywhere with the exception of quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like you could pretty much argue that. I mean, maybe the defensive backs were good. But other than that, it's very bare. Yeah. So the expectation that all of these problems are going to be solved in one offseason isn't incredibly realistic mm-hmm. because like, yeah, you can do it. But is it the smart way to do it? No. no. Next offseason, we're going to have two first-round draft picks. Yeah. We're going to have more cap space because I'm assuming we're not going to use all of it. Yeah. So, like, there could be that future, you know, stud defender right there. Yeah. It might not happen in this offseason, though, which is not fun, but it's it's part of building a team. And that's when you just get guy, guy, guys that can help. And that's what the Jags did last season. And we've talked about this before, the, the parallels between the two. Because the Jags didn't go, like, get an— get an absolute a guy that everybody was clamoring over in the NFL but they got guys who made a difference and they got Foye Luwakon and they got Foye Fadakasi and they got Arden Key who just got a deal now going to the Titans um but those three guys made a difference and they weren't names that everyone last offseason was like oh my gosh you've got to sign Deron Payne like it wasn't one of those guys it mm-hmm. was just people that they saw that can make a difference, and they did. They added Brandon Sheriff on the offensive line, offensive line majorly produced by adding one guy. So adding Nate Davis, maybe that is just just enough to get us to that next level, and especially if you end up drafting somebody who's a little more help too. Um, someone played a prank on Twitter today and was like, the Bears re-signed Sam Mustafer. Did you see that tweet? <laughs> I don't think I saw that one. Oh, my though. gosh. I had a panic I because it was just like a graphic, like a nicely done graphic, and it was like, Bears uh, extend Sam Muster for three years, blah, blah, blah. But then like when you start reading the details, it was like he was ESPN's highest rated player in week <laughs> three. 
<laughs> I was like, oh, gosh, you scared yeah, me. I know this, this is more of a running back episode, but I think uh, I was looking at someone on Twitter the other day, and someone had predicted our starting center for, as of right now, being next year is Doug Kramer, who has not played oh, a yeah, snap yeah, in the NFL yet. So That's what I was saying. We have some guys last year that yeah. we drafted and we didn't even get but to like, see. But that's another thing, too. It's just like that shows like we need to address that because Doug Kramer should not be our answer right now. He yeah. could be an answer, yeah. but is he our answer? Probably not. So. Yeah, um, I glance on Twitter and Brandon Marshall's talking about if he's impressed by the Bears offseason. I can't. He said it's going to be a phenomenal year for the Chicago Bears. Words out of Brandon Marshall's well, we mouth. We need DJ Moore to break all his records. So. <laughs> yeah, sorry, B. Marsh. Um, anyways, uh, that is today's episode of Making Monsters. Uh, we will continue these fun podcast series of potential nine picks. So we have a ton of guys. I think we're going over like 10 guys. So if they end up picking a guy that's not in this 10, that's going to be very interesting because they're of going around. It'll be, it'll yeah. be just our luck. You know, we're going to get, I, who knows, someone random that we had no idea they'd be in that. Oh, gosh. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So that's a corner. No one our luck. It'll be Devin Witherspoon. That's or something. why I skipped the corners because I don't want to do that at nine. And maybe I should just do a couple episodes on Christian Gonzalez, but. And uh, Devon Weatherspoon, but I just don't want to. I just don't, because I just don't think that's the way to go. But anyways, uh, we will chat with you later. I'm Taylor Dahl. That's Dylan Ryan. And we are Making Monsters. (laughs)